to, to hear what God is wanting to say to us. So this week, I felt that he um, put in my heart to share this word of Moses, especially because I think when we look at the life of Moses, we see that uh, he was born in a time where just his, his birth, his conception, actually, his conception meant that he was going to end up dying because he was a boy. Because at the time of his birth, there was this edict from, the, from Pharaoh himself. And the edict was every boy who was born male from the Hebrews was to be killed if he was under two years old. And so his conception meant that his destiny was going to be death. He was not meant to live. Yet, God had a purpose with his life. And I, I can kind of relate it with us, with each one of us, because I think the enemy has this edict over our lives. He wants to kill us. He wants to destroy us. He, he doesn't want us to prosper on how God has called us. But God has this greater destiny, this greater purpose in our life that is going to be fulfilled. So I want to encourage you today. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I do know that God has a purpose for our lives and his will will be done even if the enemy wants to destroy us and um, I was thinking you know how uh, there's many times in our lives when you know we feel there are things that happen in our lives that are, are, are out of our control listening to Pastor Rod about the, the rebuilding of the of city temple uh, he said that by the 31st of this month you know something has to has to happen and I think it's on the 31st that Brexit is going to be done as well and I think some of the things of City Temple and Brexit have in the last couple of years kind of been at the same time in, in terms of dates so it's interesting that you know on, on this final um, election I think the, in the whole UK kind of said you know we, we want Brexit done I think by votes we could see that there was this desire that they wanted something to happen and so hopefully you know we'll have something ha happen on the 31st with brexit and also hopefully with city temple let's keep that in prayer and, and let's see what's going to happen but see there are things that sometimes happen that are, are out of our control and looking at the text with um, moses i could i could relate you know how a family a jewish family would feel would have felt in the Second World War, in the 1940s in, in Europe, in, in certain countries where just by being Jewish, it, it, it meant that their lives were in danger, that their lives were at risk. And, and I think as a mom, because one thing is your life to be at risk. You know, if anything happens to you in a way, you know, you can take it. But when you become a parent, you know, you would do anything for your child, anything. You know, if it meant giving your life to, to save your child, you would do it. And I was thinking on how Moses' parents felt. The Bible tells us that when he was born, that there was something special about him, that he was a special child. But I think for every parent, their child is a special Every child is special for their parents. Just because they're, they're children, it's a special, you know. And, um, but there was definitely a, a, a something, that, a destiny, a special destiny that God had for, for Moses. 
And, you know, it's easy to hide a child the first three months because they, the only thing they do is sleep and eat. As long as you don't make them cry when they're hungry, and you can kind of tell when they're hungry, it's easy to tell when they're hungry. You know, I imagine she was uh, always constantly, you know, looking after this child, after Moses, you know, whenever he was hungry so he wouldn't cry so nobody would know. But it came to a point that she couldn't hide him no longer. Maybe, you know, the child was awake more, more time or whatever it was. But let's, let's see how God had made this mm, child, he, the, all of the things that took place that we can also maybe compare it with our own. God always allows things in our lives because he has a purpose. The first thing that I want to share with you is that we need to know our calling or we need to understand our destiny. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 says, Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, we all share a heavenly calling. We all have uh, been called or we all have a destiny that God has placed in our lives. And it's up to us whether we are going to cooperate with God for that destiny to be fulfilled but you know something that's amazing, that God, uh, sometimes the enemy wants to bring thoughts into our mind that, you know, we are a mistake, that we're not meant to be doing what we're doing at the moment, that we're not meant to be in the position that we are at the moment. You know, when God has called you to do something, sometimes the enemy tries to bring doubt into our life. You know, maybe you, you weren't supposed to make that decision. Maybe you weren't supposed to be at that place. But you know, when God um, has called you, he, even when we go through difficult times, which is usually what happens, we go through hard times, difficult times, things that, you know, we feel God. Many times, people who have made that decision to follow Christ and to leave behind, you know, the, the, a sinful life, begin to, to notice that now that they, they are in Christ, now, that now that they've made this commitment with Jesus, they say, now all of a sudden things are going wrong in my life. All of a sudden, you know, I'm getting sick. All of a sudden, kind of they begin to feel as if everything is not working out like it's supposed to be. And I think it's only because the enemy knows that he wants your faith to be weakened. He wants to bring unbelief. He wants to bring doubt into your life so that you don't persevere. But if you understand that you have a call and you go through those difficulties, you'll see that even through the, the difficulties or even through the sickness, God is there and God holds on to us. And he, God, through the Holy Spirit, brings these amazing supernatural ways to show you that he is there. Even when sometimes we don't feel him, even sometimes when we don't see him, but he is always there. Imagine how Jochebed and Moses that fell um, when this baby boy needed to be given up he he could they couldn't keep him any longer so they had to find a way to give him up they couldn't take him to an, uh, a place where they would look after him because they knew that the destiny for this child was to be killed so i i think the parents acted in faith some commentaries talk about um moses's parents having a strong faith the very fact that they kept the child kind of uh, talked about their faith, that they believed God had a purpose with this child. Obviously, they didn't know how God was going to work that purpose out, but they trusted him. And even 
by creating this basket that, you know, now when you have children, you buy a Moses basket. They, they, it's, I think, because of, of Moses. You know, they, um, even by making this, and by believing that if they put it in the river, something supernatural was going to take place. Something, I don't think she would, I don't think she imagined that this would have happened. Or maybe it was an option that could have happened, but she didn't know what was going to happen because the mom didn't follow the basket. The mom, I guess, went back home. The one that followed the basket was the daughter, the sister. And so, it's, it's, if you think about the story, it's amazing because this little boy was, be, was put on the basket. Either the parents believed that God was going to do something supernatural or the parents thought, well, if he's going to be killed, I'd rather not see it. I'd rather let God do something on the way. And, um, and the parents had to have so much faith to do that. In this case, it wasn't that the parents could put their lives, sacrifice themselves so this child would live because there was no way that this child could live. But they trusted God. And in that trusting, and in, in a way also in that step of faith of just putting that baby on that river, God began to, to work a series of events that didn't just kind of um, ended up with Moses' life, but it actually took place to save a great nation, which was the, the Jews. You know, I think when we face these situations where we feel powerless, when we face these situations where we feel that there is nothing we can do, that we really need to kind of look at God and say, God, only you have the control to save us. Maybe for us, it's not something like what happened to Moses' parents. Maybe for us, it's, you know, uh, a sickness, something that the doctor says, you know, I'm sorry, but there is no cure for this. Or, or something where, you know, no matter where you go to, there is just not an answer. There's not an easy fix for whatever you're going through. And that's when we look up to God. And sometimes... You know, we feel that if, if we get the outcome that we want, then God was with us. If we get what we wanted to get, then yes, God blessed me. And if we don't, we feel as if God, God didn't listen to us or as if God is not with us. And, and in the long plan of God, you have to see God's plan. It's not just that one situation in our lives. It's something greater that God has a purpose for our life. You know, like in Moses' life. It wasn't just to save him as a baby. God had a purpose for the rest of his life and for the rest of his generations and for the generations that were to come. And it's the same with us. God has a purpose for our lives. Not just for our lives, but for our children. And if we don't have children, it's for the generation that is after us for the generations that will come after them. You know, God wants to use us so that we can extend his kingdom wherever, uh, wherever we are, wherever, what, even not just by your words that you may speak, but even by the actions, even by the things that you don't have to say anything, but someone sees you doing something, and that changes something in their heart. You know, it's, um, in, in, the, in our lifestyles, in the things that we we do because of our principle, because of what Jesus has, um, has taught us that we should live. The second thing is we need to believe. We need to, to ignite our faith or we need to increase in faith. We all have an amount of faith. We all can believe different things, but to, to have our faith 
increase. That's the, that's the really important one. We have to have great faith. One of the things that Jesus would get upset over was about the lack of faith, over unbelief. But one of the things that would really excite Jesus was faith. There were some events where, you know, Jesus would be amazed at someone's faith. Uh, when, there was one time when Jesus was, you remember, in, in the sea, and there was a great storm, and all the disciples were very afraid because they saw the waves that were really high, and Jesus was sleeping in the boat. And so they woke him up and they said, Jesus, don't you care that we are going to die? Don't you realize we're all going to die? This is, this is a bad situation. And Jesus woke up and he said, oh, you men of little faith. And he spoke to the sea. I mean, I've never been in a situation like that, but it's amazing. He spoke to the sea and to the, and to the um, air, 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 and it all stopped. The waves kind of, it says that it became all quiet and calm. That must have been an exciting thing to see, that, you know, the waves and everything is going all crazy, and all of a sudden Jesus speaks, and it becomes calm. And so he, he will tell all his disciples when they would know when they, were, they, when they didn't believe, when there was unbelief, when they didn't have faith. And then there's some amazing examples when Jesus would speak, would see people and, and, and see their faith. We see, for example, the centurion that came to, to, to Jesus, and he didn't even, even ask Jesus, Jesus, come with me. I need you to come and, and lay your hands on my servant so he can be healed. He said, Jesus, just speak the word. Just say that my servant will be healed, and I know he will. And, and he even explained himself. He said, because I, I'm, a man of, I'm a man of authority, and I know when I say to this soldier to go and do this, he will do it, because his life is at risk if he doesn't. I know. And so just speak the word, and I know my servant will be healed. And Jesus was amazed, and he said, I've never seen this amount of faith in all of Israel. I think, it, wouldn't it be great that we can amaze Jesus with our faith? That, I think that's a great thing for us to aspire. Jesus, I want to amaze you with my faith. I want you to, to be able to, to see what I'm, I'm believing and to be amazed that I believe that you can do it. Not that I can do it, but that you can do it. Because the centurion wasn't believing in that, that he could do it as a man. He was coming to believe and that Jesus could do it just by speaking the word. Then we see um, the Canaanite woman who was not even from, from Israel. And she had a daughter who was suffering. And she comes to Jesus and she says, Jesus, please come and, and heal my daughter. And Jesus, the Bible tells us that he didn't even kind of pay attention to her. He didn't even look at her or, or talk back to her. He just kept on doing his own thing. So much so that the disciples said, Jesus, please do something about this woman because she keeps on, you know, bothering us. She's shouting and screaming, please do something about it. And then, you know, he says, you know, it's not the right to give the, the food to the dogs. She could have been very hurt. I'm sure she was hurt. But she, she really needed Jesus to, to speak, to do something for her daughter. When you're a parent, you're willing to do anything for your children once again. And this woman did not allow it. Maybe she felt hurt. Maybe she felt, you know, that Jesus wasn't such a nice person, according to her, because he would not speak to her. But he said, 
you know, I'm not, you know, the, the food is for the children, not for the dogs. And she said, but even the dogs eat from the crumbs that from, fall from the master's table. She had a great faith. And then Jesus was amazed at her. He said, he said to her, woman, great is your faith. And then he said, be done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. What an amazing thing when we increase our faith. And, and you know what? If we, if we just um, ask, sometimes, you know, we can be weak in our faith. And that's okay. Jesus is not telling us off if we're weak in our faith. Because we need, to, and in those cases, we need to say, Jesus, help me, help me with my unbelief. I recognize, I acknowledge that I have unbelief. I acknowledge it, but help me with my unbelief. And Jesus will help us. He says, you know, if you just have faith like the, 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 the size of a, a grain of a master seed, which is a very tiny seed, you know, great things will be done to you. And he says, the, if you tell this mountain to move to the sea, it will be done. And, and, and I think this tiny amount of faith to, do, to say something like that, then, you know, what amount of faith do we have? Is it that it's a little speckle that we have, a little tiny grain of faith? I don't know. But, you know, Jesus wants us to increase in our faith. He wants us to, to believe that he, he can do it. Not us, but he can do it. And the third thing, we need to persevere. Now, you, for example, you see in the life of Moses, his parents, they believed that God had a purpose with their son. And they didn't know how everything was going to work it out. But they, they believed. They believed that God would do something amazing. The Bible doesn't tell us how they believed. They, they didn't imagine what was going to happen. But in their step of faith, sometimes it's not just believing, but doing something about it. You have to do something about it. Something about it. Or, or you know, take a step of faith, like we say. And so this is the, the amazing part. Because of their belief, because they, they understood that God had a calling for this child, they sent this baby on this basket. Then the, the daughter, Pharaoh's daughter, sees this baby. I don't know how many times she's seen um, Jewish babies. Maybe she's seen other Jewish babies before. Because as, when she saw it, she said, this is one of the Jewish babies. Maybe people used to do that so that the child may be safe at some point. But for whatever reason, because there was a purpose, she looked at this child and she felt something for him. And she took him. And then at that very instant, Miriam, Moses' sister, comes and says, would you like me to get you someone to look after this child for you? And she says, yes, go on. Go and get me one of the Hebrew women to help me look after this child. She goes back to her mom, to Moses' mom, and she brings her back. Pharaoh's daughter says to Moses' mom, to Jochebed, I want you to take this child with you I want you to nurse him. I want you to look after him and then bring him back to me. Now, can you imagine that Jochebed not only gets to keep safe her child, not only is her child now safe, but now she gets to look after him, protected by the government. Now she gets to get paid to look after her own child. That was something that only God could have done. And I'm not saying that that may be the case for all of us, that God is going to do something so amazing like that. But God has a purpose for each one of us. And everything that happens in our lives, it's because he wants to do something either with 
us with that generation or with the, ne the next generation that is coming. This child, it says in Acts 7.22, that he was instructed in all wisdom, in all wisdom of the Egyptian, and he was also mighty in his words and deeds. Uh, another translation, the NIV says, Moses was educated in all wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in his speech and action. God knew that Moses was going to be key in the salvation of his people. And even though when, you know, he has this encounter with God and he, he feels that he couldn't do it, and, and the Bible tells us that he's, he had trouble with his speech, yet because he also believed that God would use him, that he allowed God to use him. He stepped on that, but God had prepared him for the function that he was going to do in his life. And I don't know, you know, what our, our future is going to be like. I don't know how God is going to work it out, but I do know that everything that the enemy wanted to use to destroy you, everything that the enemy wanted to use you to, to separate you or to affect you or to hurt you, God can turn it for his glory. In this case, Moses was educated in, a, in, in, in an amazing environment, but some of us haven't. Some of us maybe were, uh, you know, had a, a, um, an unstable home. Maybe some of us didn't have mom or dad in our picture. Maybe some of us grew up without any family. You know, we all come from different backgrounds and that doesn't disqualify you. That just makes you work, that just means that God is going to use you in a different way because you're able to understand maybe the suffering or the pain of others. You know, in, in, sometimes in, we, we hear testimony, you know, we say, uh, listen to this testimony, and the person comes and they says, yes, I had this horrible upbringing, and you know, kind of everything sounds bad, and then they say, and Christ uh, came into my life and he's changed my life, now I'm, I'm a new person. And sometimes you may feel left out. You may think, oh, I've never had any of those things. That means God can never use me like he uses that person because my background is not as bad as that person because I never had all of those disappointments that that person had. That's also a lie from the enemy because if you had a good upbringing, glory to God. If you never had to suffer, glory to God. God still wants to use you. That doesn't disqualify you. If anything, that just makes you be in a different, be able to bring something different to the house of God, to his kingdom. You know, none of us are disqualified because of our past or because of our, our bringing. None of us. If anything, all of us have been called in, in, from whatever background we come from. He has called us because he wants us to be part of this amazing body of Christ. I like um, that God is always, God always goes ahead of us. God always goes ahead of us, even when we don't know how things are going to work out. The reason why I, I, um, I felt that God wanted us, what God wanted me to share this message with, with you was because this week we, um, we started going back to university with Marcus, but I had this, this problem because I can't take the baby with me and she still needs to be looked after. And I haven't been, well, I didn't think I would find someone that I could trust to look after the baby. And um, the Holy Spirit reminded me that one of my friends from university is a child carer. 
and she lives very close to the university. So I spoke to her and we arranged for her to look after the baby. Uh, so we started that on Thursday. But on Wednesday, Wednesday night, I felt, I had this, feel, this horrible feeling because it was the, like with all of our kids, we've always looked after them. We've never left them with anybody to look after them. And so I felt so, so bad, so upset, so, I, I felt so much pain that I was going to leave my baby. I, even though I knew my friend was going to look after her really good, even no, I, I knew that, you know, she was going to be with uh, someone who was going to love her and care for her. There was this feeling that, came, that overwhelmed me, that I felt so sad and so upset. And then the Holy Spirit reminded me, how do you think Jochebed felt? when she was going to leave her son, Moses, and she didn't know how this was going to work out. And then when we see that in, 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 in Jochebed doing that, doing this, taking this step of faith, something began to work out because uh, Moses, his, his life, you know, he, he was safe, and, but there, there came a point when he realized that his calling, or God had to begin to, to kind of set things uh, in, in, in motion for God's will to be done. And in those things, Moses kills a fellow uh, Egyptian. And then he flees uh, Egypt. He thought, you know, that's it. That, that whatever God wanted to do with me, it's finished, it's done. He goes into the desert and he's there for a while and then God calls him. And then he goes back into Egypt and then God begins to do, he, he, he begins to use him in a mighty way. I like in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 to 26, it says, By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. Moses, he was, before he was, I would say, Moses lived because of his parents' faith. But there came a point where Moses understood his own faith. Where Moses, he says that he chose to be mistreated with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He had this encounter with God where he could see that, yes, I could live this peacefully and safely life in the palace or in, in, in Pharaoh's home, or I'm going to rather choose to do God's will for my life, that it will come with, with persecution, that might come with, with hard times, but because I'm looking at the reward, something greater is coming. In, through Jesus, through our Savior, through our Lord. And it's the same thing for us. You know, right now, you could choose to live an easy life, lie, steal, not tell the truth, you know, and that might, might make things easier in this world. But if we choose to, to believe in Christ, if we choose to follow Christ and his teachings as, and become his true disciples like we learned the other time, if we choose to increase our faith, you know, doubt. It doesn't, it's not seen to, to doubt things. It's not seen to have unbelief because those feelings come. We, I think we all doubt at some point. 
And that's when we need to struggle and have this uh, conversation of this relationship with God where he will speak to us and where you kind of are able to overcome that face in, in your Christian life. You know, we all have those struggles. But when you ask God, God, help me with my unbelief. Help me increase my faith. Something greater is going to happen in our lives. I encourage you today. I encourage you today to ask the Holy Spirit to increase your faith and to you know, if the Holy Spirit brought to your mind things that happened in your childhood, in your teenage years, things that were either difficult or were either a blessing, all of those things God had allowed to happen in your life with a purpose. All of those things is because He wants to use it. Maybe not right now. Maybe He's still pre preparing you for that calling that He has for you. Or maybe He's already using you for that. I don't know because each of our lives is different. I think when we understand that we, you know, our identity in Christ, when we understand that, you know, we have a calling and a destiny, and my destiny and my calling is not the same as yours, when we understand that, then you begin to feel okay in your own flesh, in your own skin, in, in how God made you, even physically. I think I shared with you uh, before how I felt that, you know, that I, I, I don't remember if I share, but if not, I will share it again. Um, when I was a teenager, there was a, a, this group of friends that we used to hang around, and especially one of my friends would, for a certain season in my life, began to tease me a lot about my height, or, you know, calling me a um, midget or things like that in Spanish, because this was in a Spanish setting. So the, the translation would be midget. <laughs> And so, but he was constantly making fun of me in that, with, with my height. And it came to a point that I felt really uncomfortable with my height. And so I remember kind of praying to God and saying, God, you know, I'm really going to give all of my life to you. I'm going to, you know, f uh, f uh, follow you wherever you ask me to go. But I ask one thing of you. I'm going to ask you to give me 10 centimeters of height. 10 centimeters of height for you is nothing, Lord. You can do mighty powerful things. So for me to ask you for 10 centimeters is nothing. And that was my, my true prayer for him at that, at that time. But obviously he didn't do that. I don't know why. <laughs> no, I understood. So I, I you know, I, I prayed and obviously nothing happened. And then I remember I went to a pastor, the pastor that I used to attend at, the, at that time. And I said, Pastor, I'm having this issue. And I told him about it. And he made me read the word of God. And I read Psalms and where it says, he made, made you wonderful. And, and then it says everything that meant to, was meant to be created and everything that was meant to be forming you was done. And when I read that, I understood that the way God had made me was correct. That he did not make a mistake in my life. That the height that he gave me was how he wanted to use me or how he wanted me to be not higher, not smaller, just the way he made me was perfect. I understood that. And when I understood that, something changed. So that was for my height. But then spiritually, I, you know, I would look at other people and think, oh, I want to be like that person. I want to speak like that person. I want to preach like that person. I want, you know, kind of wanting that. And then God also had to, to speak to me and, and make me understand that the way that he had made me in the spiritual world as well, was how he wanted to use me. So this is what I wanted 
kind of maybe share with you today as well. God made you different. You are higher, taller than me. You are, have, have a different hair, have different eyes, have a different way of sharing the gospel than me. And that does not make you any less or any more. It just means that that's how God wants to use you. And when you understand that that's how God meant it for you, then you're going to feel happy and joy that, you know, that's how God wants me to go ahead and to preach the gospel. So let's leave today asking God to increase our faith, to help us to understand that we have a calling, that we have a destiny, and to, to be able to, to be happy on, or, or understand that this is how God wants, us to, wants to use us to persevere in our Christian walk. So there where you are, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you today. Thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, because through Moses, we, we are able to understand that you have a purpose in each one of our lives, Lord. Thank you, Father, because we know, Father, that everything that you have allowed so far in our life has a purpose. Even when the enemy tried to kill us or destroy us, Lord, you did not allow it because you have not finished with our lives, Lord. Even when there was a decree of death over our lives, Lord, thank you because you have called us to live. And we would only depart this earth when it's your time, Lord. Father, help us with our unbelief. Help us to increase our faith in you. Help us, Lord, to fulfill our calling here on earth. Today we pray. And Lord, we pray also for our generation, for the generation that will follow after us, Lord. We pray, Father, that you will take away any spiritual veil from their eyes. Father, let them hear. Let your words speak into their lives. Today is the day of salvation, Lord. Today is the day to repent. Today is the day to you Lord so we pray Father that as our generation listens to your voice may they not harden their hearts but may their hearts be softened that may they be humble to acknowledge that they need more of you and Father we acknowledge today that we need more of you that we need more faith that we need to, to persevere in our Christian work, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Fill us today. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill me with your power. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill me so that I can be a, an ambassador. Help me so I can be an ambassador wherever I am. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. We thank you for today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.